Hey there, everyone. It's Camber here with the Yo Prono. I am here today with Brett Lyle, 34-year-old founder of Brett Lyle Coaching. She's coming to us today from North Texas um, in the DFW area. And as is tradition, I always like to share how we were connected to each interview. And so Tim Nowak, um, you want to tell us how you guys know each other? Yeah, sure. Thanks for having me, Camber. Um, actually, just through LinkedIn. So we got connected doing the thing that I help people <laughs> learn to do. Uh, I've actually never even met him in person, but we've developed a pretty strong friendship and relationship through LinkedIn over the last couple of years being in COVID lockdown. Wow. Well, that is, I was going to say, like, really, that's the power of the past year almost. It was obviously really a challenging year, but just thank, thankfully to, you know, the digital presence and the digital world, you guys have been able to build this relationship and so many others have done the same. So I always like to share how we were connected to everyone. So thank you for sharing that. And thanks for being here, Brett. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. So let's get started just with a brief background. So, you know, who are you? Where are you from? What are you currently doing? And we'll dive into those details. Sure. No, um, like I said, appreciate the time. Um, really love talking about what I do because I do a lot. Um, <laughs> it's, I think, a great opportunity to, to talk about all the different pieces. Uh, I have a full-time job. My full-time job is a national accounts director for a um, telecommunication healthcare logistics platform, um, which is just connecting people and helping people communicate to better healthcare initiatives, uh, clinical outcomes, and things of that nature. And I also have, as we talked about, Brett Lyle coaching, which is really career coaching. Um, and then I'm affiliate of a handful of other programs that I love and um, you know, support and am supported by. So that's kind of where I am. I started my career in, in healthcare. So I've always stayed in the healthcare realm. Um, first off straight out of college, so I went to Texas A&M in College Station, Texas, Giga Maggie's Whoop. Um, so I went to AM's communication major and an English minor and um, frankly got my degree because in communication, because I knew it was one of the only things that was going to cross industries, it was going to cross roles, it was going to cross job functions and titles. And uh, so I got my degree in communication with an English minor so that it was always applicable. Um, so the thing that you mentioned, I'm 34, which if you do the math backwards, I graduated college in 2009. Um, Great timing. <laughs> yeah, which means, right, like I've gone through a lot of what people are going through now, coming out of college and um, being in, you know, what was then defined as an economic recession and having to figure out how to get a job when you're competing against people that have 20, 30 years of experience. And how do you navigate that? So I kind of went through that, um, landed in, in EMS, emergency medical services, um, had about an eight year career in that, that industry. And then I took a step back, started doing some coaching, and um, now I've kind of brought the two together and I do both. Awesome. Thank you for that really kind of perfectly concise overview. I feel like <laughs> you just kind of walked us through the last uh, several years. So let's start with your healthcare world and then we'll jump into the coaching world. And then I want to sure. hear, you know, how you've combined the two. Um, but for somebody who's listening or watching this interview, you know, what is what are a few things that you would like to share about your field and maybe something that people don't know? Sure. Oh, there's so much. There's so much. What, what I love, we talked about some kind of silver linings of COVID and um, the, the lockdowns and shutdowns and all the things that have come of 2020 now bleeding into 21 um, are kind of the general population's awareness of healthcare. So being in this industry for the last 10 years, I 
you know, talk to people about my career all the time because I love what I do. And the first thing I've realized is people don't know the basics about the 911 system that serves them. Um, a lot of times, you know, they kind of understand law enforcement fairly well. Um, they know it's publicly subsidized, um, it's taxpayer dollars. They don't understand EMS. So depending on which city you're in, sometimes county, region, state, um, country, your healthcare system and what is provided to you is different. And so if I'm in Grapevine, Texas, and I over to Colleyville and it's you know three miles apart, I'm gonna get a totally different provider, um, sometimes a different response in what the clinical capabilities of those providers are. Um, and then all the way through, which hospital do I go to and why and how much of a say do I have in my healthcare and the decisions that are being made for me? And then how do people connect? So one of the things that I guess that's a lot of loaded things, but that I would love for people to, to know and empower and encourage people to do is go ask those questions, go learn who shows up when you call 911. And then what, and then what happens from there? So that's one of the big things that I think is really important for the general population to kind of have that sense of awareness around. Fortunately, in the last year, there's been a lot of talk about 911 systems and hospitals and healthcare and, and what that means. And so I'm hopeful that that means there's a little bit more awareness now and people are asking the right questions, but it's, it's not over and it won't ever be. And even more now than ever, there's a lot of shifts in how that healthcare is delivered. And so, you know, right now I'm working for a company that does telemedicine and really is evolving the way that we serve people, um, hospitals and, and EMS agencies, 911, public safety, you know, and all, all those stakeholders. But you know, it, it, there's been a huge push in how technology can support. Yeah healthcare industry and how the population health is going to be um you know changing and, and being served absolutely it's funny i am um, i try to you know do a lot of my interviews on similar days that's you know that way it's not like i'm just doing one here on a monday and kind of scattering it throughout the day and somebody that i interviewed early this morning he is a, a research fellow he got his phd in biology and mm -hmm. he is working um at a hospital in Boston right now, his story will be very shortly after yours. And he's, you know, talking about the impact of technology on healthcare. I just think it's funny that, you know, yeah. again, it shows that I, you know, have interviewed hundreds of people and everyone does such different things, but it really can overlap in some ways. Um, and so I, and I even made that comparison with me, you know, my full-time job as a development director and I told him that, you know, I write grants too, because he said that was the one surprising thing about his field and academia and health, um, you know, that you have to ask for money a lot. And I was like, mm -hmm. I can do that. Um, <laughs> I can't do what you do. But anyway, so I just want to kind of make that comparison. So thanks for sharing that. I think those are all really, really excellent points for anyone listening that is interested in this field or maybe wasn't interested, but now they're right. Maybe their ears are freaking up. Right. Um, so, all right, let's switch gears a little bit to the coaching side of things and tell us a little bit more about what that looks like for you. You know, what exactly are you doing with your clients and how do you balance that with your full-time job? Oh, yes. Uh, there's 12 ways to answer every one yeah, of those. That. <laughs> Sorry, I'm known to do that. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, what am I doing with my coaching? So, so coaching, I kind of gave you the high level. It really kind of founded because it was a need. I've been 
frankly, since high school, um, the person who people go to and send their their college, you know, I don't know how many other people's college essays I read in high school, <laughs> people that I've helped and supported and, and mentored along the way where I've always, always helped people with kind of those technical writing things because I, that's the way my brain functions. I'm not a researcher or a grant writer. I'm, you know, been in sales since I was 15 and um, so I'm very big picture. And so it's what I'm really passionate about is helping people kind of tell their stories and I've done it forever. And so I did it through college. I did it for myself, you know, graduated in 2009, I told you, and had to get really good at telling my story and being compelled in a compelling way that make people want to help you because I was having to send emails. I'll tell you a story, Camber. I was, uh, went to Texas A&M and we're really known and proud of our network. So I go to the career center and I emailed 20 people that were communication majors in sales. I knew I wanted to be in healthcare. So it was primarily medical device, pharmaceutical um, representatives. And I reached out to 20 people and said a year in advance of graduating, it was 2008, December. And so it was right after Obama got put into office, the Affordable Care Act had been signed into legislation. Everyone was panicking in the healthcare world. Um, most people in healthcare uh, organizations had been on hiring freeze, not for two months, but for two years. Most people were not even hiring, couldn't even get an interview. Mm -hmm. um, so I was that was the environment I was in. So I sent this email to 20 people, got 15 responses, which I thought was pretty awesome. Great statistics. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And I can't make this up. All but one of them were like, if I have a job next month, I'm happy to help how scary that was to get those responses from people that were in the world that I wanted to be in, that I was so excited about. I was just graduating college, had all my student loans impending in the next six months. And I'm like, you know, when I graduated and, and trying to figure out what my plan was and how scary that was. And that level of vulnerability, knowing that I had just invested four years of my life, plus, you know, the four years of high school leading up, Right, getting involved in organizations, making myself competitive, doing all these things that were the things that I should do. And it was what everyone had told me would make me successful. And I had followed that path. And here I was going, I've done all the things that you told me to do. And what if it doesn't work? Yeah. It was so scary. And so um, having to go from, from graduating college and kind of knowing what, what life lined you up and told you you should do to you know, I got my job, all was well. I worked for a couple different agencies. I was in the industry for eight years um, and then had, you know, something happened in my career and overnight I lost my six-figure job. And I'm very proud to say I was 30 years old, have a six-figure job. I'd worked eight years in the industry. I'd, I'd managed people. I'd, I'd done new market startup. I'd done a lot of stuff and I'd checked a lot of boxes. Um, and overnight, I had to figure out what I wanted to do next. And I had a non-compete for a year. So round two of scary mm -hmm. <laughs> career experiences. And so what did I have to do? I had to muster it up and figure it out and figure out how to tell that story and how to tell it in a compelling way and all these same kind of themes. And so I went through so many, I have been through so many interview processes. I have had so many different conversations and I've really gotten really good at that just mm -hmm. story storytelling um in a way and figuring out what the ask is mm -hmm. and how to ask it and who's the right person to ask that to that's going to help you get to where you're going mm -hmm. and so 
I've done a ton of that. Um, I, you know, I'm fortunate to be where I am. I'm, I love my job and my full-time career is incredible. And we're doing powerful things in the industry, but I really have a heart for helping people kind of de-stress that, that career transition process, because those sometimes are because you're straight out of college. Sometimes it's because you lose your job. Sometimes it's because you're in a toxic environment and it's time to go. <laughs> Sometimes you're just ready for the next thing and you decide to wake up one day and decide you want to go work in hospitality and you don't know the first thing about it. And so that's where I really transitioned the thing that I love and that I'm passionate about that makes me feel fulfilled and valuable um, into a career. So I, so I do both. Yeah. And I love, I love that because you took an experience that you had um, and like a several experiences and you use that to fill this need. And so, you know, anybody, everything that anyone has ever told me that is working as an entrepreneur and they own their own business, you know, they always, it always starts with a problem, right? Like you have to identify the problem and then go from there. And so right. I think that that's amazing that you have, you know, figured that out. And your point about um, kind of having these scary experiences times too, like you, you know, that's something that doesn't matter what field you're in. Like people can have that their whole career. Like it, you know, it could happen more than twice. And so right. just being prepared. And that's really why I started the O Pro No, because I want to make sure people understand that you're probably not going to love your first job, but you also might not love your second job. Okay. <laughs> yeah. You're fit. Like, but that's okay. You have to, you know, Tim, who obviously connected us, mm -hmm. Tim has had several career changes and, you know, later in life that, you know, we don't think of when we're growing up, you're like, well, we're just going to be in this job forever. And it's going to work out, but that's not how it works anymore. So no. there's a huge need for this. And I'm just really, you know, kudos to you for all that you've done. Um, so kind of moving away from the office talk, um, because I am mindful of our time and I want to wrap things up a little bit. What is something that you have enjoyed about being a young professional? You know, that that age range is 21 to 39, which is a big gap, um, mm -hmm. big time. But what have you enjoyed? And what have you like learned about yourself as a young yeah. professional? Because I would imagine it's changed. Like I'm, I'm almost 26. And I can imagine that when I'm 34, I will have even more things that I look back on and say, wow, I can't believe I didn't know that then. Sure. No, but I mean, what haven't I learned? Um, yeah, I think when you think about yourself, at straight out of college and that that energy and that excitement. And I, I hope that people coming out of college right now and people early in their career, even if they didn't go to college that are starting in their young professional path are excited. Um, and it's hard. I know in, a, in this environment, it's tough because it looks different and it feels different. And there's so much unknown. To me, that evolution of personal development has been learning how to be embrace the unknown and be excited about it. So changing my mindset from fear, um, which is so prevalent right now. So many people are running around just afraid. I'm never gonna get a job. I'm not gonna meet the right people. They're not gonna pay me enough. I'm not gonna have work-life balance. Like we could go on and on and on about what could go wrong, but identifying and seeing and feeling that as an opportunity as opposed to a barrier has been the biggest really evolution for me and my, my mindset. Um, and so taking those opportunities to look at, so one of the tools that I encourage people to use before an interview, for example, is like a pros and pros list. So instead of a pros and cons list, you're running through the mental exercise. Sometimes those 
those pros and cons are really, really heavily weighted in one side, right? I get this job and now I have this salary and this title and this experience and I get to move to this new city and I get to start all these fun things. And this is really, really great. That's easy. But what are the pros to not getting that job? So you really have to dig deep and it's not so surface and that's the hard work. So encouraging people to, to do the work, do the personal development work, even in that professional development environment. So when you're going through those exercises that you can identify, hey, if I don't get this role or what if that looks like, there's still these three really great things I got out of it. I have interview experience with a... Um, chief executive officer, I've never done that before. I can better answer the, what do I want out of my career question? I, and you list those off that when you walk away from that interview, it's a lot less stressful mm -hmm. because you're not sitting there on bated breath going, well, if this happens, then great. And if this doesn't happen, then, oh my gosh, the sky's going to fall. My world is going to end. And so I think so many of us have that anxiety yeah. about interviews and it's that it, the interview's challenging but it's not the hardest part. It's after the interview and that, that waiting period and that, when am I going to hear? And so what I really like to do is to find tools and tips and tricks and, you know, follow-up is important and asking the right questions in the interview so that you know how to follow up um, and who to follow up with and when and establishing timelines and, and, and those things. And so um, I don't remember what you asked me, but... <laughs> about looking back uh you know, yeah at your earlier young professional years compared to now yes I think that's the biggest thing is that it really is about your mindset and being able to um be intentional with your mindset and how you process each step of your career path whether that's getting a new job or team dynamics or interpersonal challenges once you're in the role um all the way through cover letters and technical writing stuff, you know, how do you, how do you think about those things? And so that's one of the things that I, I think has been the biggest shift from 21 to 34 is how do I think about my career? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think those are all amazing points and I can't wait to like look back at this one day. And you know, when I, I know we're not that far in age, but when I, I just, I can only imagine what I'm going to know then because I look back at the four years since I've graduated from college and it's incredible all the stuff that I've learned. And I look back at a lot of the mistakes I've made and, you know, I don't really dread looking back at those because I'm like, you know, there are mistakes that got me here and, you know, you have to learn from them in order to, to grow anyways. So right. thanks for yeah. kind of looking backwards. I appreciate that. Cause I always like to look forward, but it is helpful to our audience to hear, you know, what you wish you would have known. Um, and mindset is, I love the pros and pros list. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, okay, so just to wrap up things here, Brett, thank you so much for, you know, joining me today. Are there any last minute words of advice or things that you feel like we didn't cover today? Um, you know, I just, I want to make sure that we leave on a really encouraging positive note um, that, you know, we opened up talking about COVID and some of the silver linings and um, it's a challenging world that we're in, but I think recognizing the tools that we never have had. Um, so even me 10 years ago or, you know, anybody going through this transition a couple of years ago, today, right now, people are a lot more willing to build relationships online, um, professional relationships online, even to the granular level. People will connect with you now that never in a million years would have connected with you mm -hmm. because you didn't serve them or they didn't serve you or they didn't see that. There is this huge opportunity right now today 
to get on LinkedIn where we connected and where, you know, all these people connect on this professional platform, put your best foot forward, tell your story, build your brand. And in that, the job searching becomes the easy part. So I just want to make sure that people feel and know and understand that they are empowered right now today more than ever. Uh, we have information at our fingertips. We've got people at our fingertips um, and, and all the tools to really be really successful in our careers, no matter what that looks like, whether that's an entrepreneurial venture like your, your platform or my coaching or that full-time job that gives you the financial stability um, or building those creative partnerships and, and collaborating with other people that are like-minded. Absolutely. I think that is a great way to end the interview today. So thanks so much for sharing your time and your wisdom with us. I really appreciate it, Brett. And I feel like I know you. It's like one of those, that's how I feel after every one of these interviews. I'm always like, I feel like we're, you know, and it's, it's one thing that we always stay connected. Like I really, and that is the power, like we are empowered right now to do that. And right. So, um, take advantage of that, people who are listening. But thanks so much for being here today, Brett. Absolutely. Thank you, Kimber.